Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Do We Love It podcast. This is your host, Dr. Water with Lemon, recording live from the GNA Studios. Uh, little Sean Paul, get busy. Uh, all-time gym, all-time gym. Guy was huge in high school. Uh, just crushing dances right there. Uh, dancing by myself. Anyway, uh... Had a little, uh, had an off week, built in a bye week. Um, shout out to me for, you know, knowing my body and, you know, knowing need a bye week. But anyway, we're back. Um, so, was in, Jesus. This, somebody has cut me off twice. And I've been on the road for two minutes. I'm not even talking, like, nudges way in there, just, like, um... You know, like, when somebody goes across basically, like, two or three lanes? I mean, I've, I've heard it be, be called a Puerto Rican lane change. Basically, like, two people have done a Puerto Rican lane change to me in the past two minutes. Like, guys, I know it's Friday. Like, I know we're all excited. I'm pumped. But, you know, there's other people on the road. So keep that in mind next time you want to cut across three lanes. That's a little tip. Take out your notebook. Um, but anyway. So... Was in Peru, um, and I feel like since I spent ten days there, eh, you know, eight maybe eight, eight days because you know two for travel. Uh, today is do we love Peru? So, I'll I'll just go through it in chronological order. I don't even know how. To, this is a pretty uh, this, this is a big one to uh, to take on in terms of you know it's a lot of stuff. It's a whole country. Um, but does anybody here know how to eat an elephant? That's right. The answer is in order to eat an elephant, the only way to do it is to eat it one bite at a time. So that's what we'll do here. So I guess, uh, since we're talking about eating elephants, we will hop into the food sector of Peru. Not to worry. No elephants were eaten. Um, food in Peru is very cheap. Uh, now for those avid listeners, you know, uh, do we love it? Worships in the house of fruit. Uh, so very, very fired up about, uh, the prices in Peru. Um, they do this thing where, uh, it's called El Menu. And so they put a chalkboard menu out in front of the restaurant. It's like every place we went to throughout the country did this, all these restaurants. So They'll write down, like, five things on El Menu. It's, like, you know, like, rice and, and, and vegetables with, you know, maybe some grilled chicken or um, or fish or whatever. So, like, some simple dishes, but, like, pretty filling. Um, so, if you get uh, something off El Menu, that's 10 soles, uh, which equates to about $3. 
Um, so for three bucks, you can get like this big meal of fish, rice, you get a side salad, you get a fresh, fresh squeezed juice with it, some bread. Um, so having a meal each day for $3 was pretty huge. Uh, food was good. Uh, so, uh, pretty, pretty high on that. Um, at one point though, we did get a soup. This actually happened twice. Uh, ordered fish and they just straight up gave, gave me a fish. Like it was, it was a full fish. Like it was like in like a Christmas story. Like when he like at the end, he like calls over like the Chinese restaurant guy and he's just like, um, the duck is smiling at me. Like my lunch was smiling at me, which was kind of weird. Um, but we, we battled, um, do we love just an entire fish? Uh, to be honest, I wasn't a fan of it. Um, mainly because my skills with that are not good. Like, I don't have experience doing that. And I imagine if, like, you eat that every day, the locals just know exactly how to attack it and, you know, actually get to eat it. Whereas me, like, the way I was picking around, I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is 98% bones. Um, at one point, um, uh, my companion, uh, Rip Von Wilps, uh, got, actually got a bone stuck in his throat, um, which was pretty funny, uh, especially because, like, two hours later, we just hear him, like, like, gargling off to the side, and we're like, what is going on? He's like, think, think I got the bone out. Uh, so that, that was pretty outrageous. Um, so, so I'm not, I think I'm out on the full fish unless I would be very, I would actually love this is if, um, there was some type of class that I could go to on how to eat a full fish. Cause right now, like that's just something I don't have in my back pocket. Um, but besides that, the food was great. Um, they actually do, uh, they do like deep fried potatoes there, which are wicked good, very good. Um, and then they also have uh, a lot of skewers and good street meat. So food gets a, we love it. Uh, went down there mainly for surfing. Uh, we surfed like twice a day each day and that was kind of the purpose of the trip. Like wake up at, you know, six in the morning surf, come back, hit up El New for breakfast, get a nice little breakfast, take a nap from 10 to 12, wake up, maybe have a light snack, hit the water again, hit El New again, hit some cervezas, sheets by nine. Um, so it was a good life. Uh, something I could see myself doing more often. Uh, shout out to retirement in 119 months. Um, so yeah, the, uh, the waves are great. Uh, it's like an absolute wave pool down there. Uh, it just doesn't stop. Uh, we went to, uh, Chikama, which is the longest left wave in the world when it's firing. Um, unfortunately for us, I mean, it wasn't at like full steam, but it was somewhat firing. Like I'd say, I mean, I've only have one time to compare it to, so it's tough, but I'm going to say it was like an 8 out of 10. Um, so, Chikama, we had to take an overnight bus there. 
So you land in Lima, went out like, uh, crushed some beers in Lima. Some of us crushed more beers than others in Lima. Uh, shout out to Berto. Um, and then the following day, uh, we took an overnight bus to Lima. So basically you get on this bus and the seats go 180 degrees back, which was dope and your legs go up. So basically you can lay down flat as long as you're six feet and under. Um, so you're just sleeping from 11 PM. Then you arrive at 8 AM and you just wake up and you're there and feel great. Uh, so that was huge. But then after going eight or 10 hours North, we rented a car and we went another two hours North to this town in the middle of nowhere where basically the entire, I mean, I, I gotta be real with you guys right now. I, uh, I just ripped one of my car and it's just, it's brutal. So that's why if you hear a little background noise, I had to roll down the window. Like, you know, it's bad when you can't even like stand it yourself and you're alone. So little sidebar. Um, but anyway, so Chikama is like, it's kind of like those college towns in the middle of nowhere where you're like, this town only exists because of this college. Chikama was like, this town only exists because of this wave. Like, if this wave is not going off, then there's like nothing here. Um, and I'm sure it's like one of those situations where it gets really good, like the town just doubles in size because people just wait for the swell report and if the waves aren't good they're like why would I ever go to Chikama so Chikama was great because the waves were good um some good menu there big menu guy uh and so the point that we went out surfing you have to walk basically a mile up the beach and it's like a point break which like the simplest way to explain it is almost like a triangle where like the peel where the wave just peels down the side of the point as opposed to breaking flush just like slowly peels down it's like a zipper um so we walked so what you do is where you there's a a i'm using uh dr evil quotes right now a take off section so in the take off section you had to walk about a mile down the beach um and it was kind of, uh, it kind of felt like I was walking in Egypt, like I was waiting for a sphinx to pop out at some point. Um, just had that vibe. So you walk for like a mile and then you get to the takeoff spot. Um, you paddle out there and then you just pray to dear God that a wave will come through within like two minutes because the current was so strong that it just like washes you out. Um, so by the takeoff spot, uh, there was a massive rock formation uh, that we ended up calling the cauldron. So, like, you could walk through these rocks, and they were, like, big, big rocks um, that stuck well above the water. And there was a little current that would rip you out, because besides that, the paddle out was insane. Um, so, as we all know, I'm not exactly uh, smooth, so going through the cauldron, uh, I blew a fin off of my board because it hit a rock, um, scratched up my feet, just it wasn't good. Um, so that, that kind of bummed me. But that was day one. Then I got new fins. And then by the last day, I kind of figured out like my little spot to paddle out. So 
I woke up like really early in the morning. Uh, I was the first one on the beach. It was completely dark. So I was just walking along the beach waiting for the sun to rise. And I got to the takeoff spot right as the sun was supposed to go up. So I paddled out. And at the time, I was like the only one in the water. And uh, this just huge wave rolled up. And I paddled into it, and I caught it, and I went for, like, a little bit, and then all of a sudden, it started closing out, and it just knocked me off my board so hard. And I started, I felt like, I felt like a, like a rock, like somebody skipping a stone across the water. Um, but I caught it, and it was my favorite wave of the trip, and it was the, at the last session there. And uh, so pretty fired up and when I came up above the water my fin got blown off my board again and my board was completely messed up so it was like I caught one wave that morning and that was it but you know all you need is one so pretty fired up about that um and then the other places we went to uh the waves were even bigger uh at one point uh we were just at this remote beach uh I tried paddling out and right as I thought I was fully out, just this massive cleanup set destroys me, uh, sends me back into the beach, and I was just like, I can't get out there, I'm way too much of a wimp. So I just took a squat on the beach and pooped on the beach, so that was a first too. So I uh, was glad I did that. Um, so yeah, well actually transition. So little, little heads up if you go to Peru. Uh, they don't believe in toilet seats, toilet paper, or just in general having the light on in the bathroom. Um, so I had to adjust to that. Uh, but you know, it wasn't too bad, but it does change your like mindset a little bit because all of a sudden you're like, all right, before we go out, like phone keys, wallet. And then you're like, oh yeah. And TP. So TP becomes like, it goes from the big three to the big four down there. Um, do we love having to BYOTP? No, I'm completely out on that. Um, the lids didn't bother me as much. Like I would much rather have them. I if I had to pick one, I'd rather like the the stall have TP instead of like a lid. I mean, I'd prefer both, but you know, beggars can't be choosers here. Um. So yeah, so that was good. Um trying to think what else yeah the food was good a lot, a lot of naps um i think that's all i got oh well on the way home uh my bag got stolen so having your entire luggage stolen like tell me that's not getting the real experience in south america um that's that was straight up living like the locals, I felt like. So, basically what happened was I was at El Autobus station, the bus station. Um, and some guy who's like, dressed up really nice, had slacks on, like, looked like he worked there, was like, oh, like, do you want me to check your bag? And I was like, well, yeah, sure. Like, checked it, like, on my way out there. Like, so, like, yeah, of course I'll get it checked again. So, I, uh, I got on the bus, fall asleep for my 10 hours, and, like, I wake up and get off the bus. I'm like, all right, guys, like, where's my bag? And uh, they were like, do you have a ticket? And I was like, nope. And they're like, we don't have your bag. I was like, great. So basically, 
this guy checked my bag, but he checked it into the back seat of his car. Um, so that's too bad. But, but, I had my phone, wallet, and passport on my person. So, ain't no thing. It was, it was a weird feeling because it was like, there's a lot of stuff in there that I use very regularly that I have to replace, which sucks. But, I have my passport and I am not stuck in Peru. So I am way, way, way more happier about that than losing all my stuff. Um, don't let the things you own own you. So all my stuff's gone. Um, I was thinking about doing maybe a quick power ranking of things that like were in the bag that are gone. Um, had the wetsuit in there. That was the first purchase I ever made in California. Like got here like wicked late at night following morning like went to a surf shop bought a wetsuit uh and then i had breakfast uh so pretty cheesed about that really like that one um i had two charlie sheen shirts in there uh one with like a great flower pattern and then one was a gift uh from jordo uh that had was covered in flamingos uh, I've actually been on a flamingo kick. I just, anything that has flamingos on it, like I'm all, I'm all about. So to have a, uh, a casual party shirt like that just ripped from me after only being able to wear it a few times was pretty brutal. Um, I also had my flamingo swim trunks in there. So I'm, all I have left is one flamingo item. So I'm going to have to beef that up. Uh, I had a question of the day book in there that I've been filling out for the past year that records all my answers, so kind of cheesed about that. Um, I don't have jeans anymore. Had my only pair of jeans in there, so uh, I'm out on jeans. Jeans are over. Um, but besides that, uh, actually I had all my good underwear in there, which that's one of those things like not even mad that the underwear is gone just like mad that I have to buy more of it because you know I don't like buying shit um but besides that you know damage was not too bad uh I had a toothbrush that folds open and closed which is great for travel highly recommend getting a folding toothbrush if you don't have one for your travel bag um so you know that'll be a couple bucks but all in all, uh, great trip, a lot of snoozing, a lot of surfing, uh, did some karaoke. I actually got a free drink for being uh, for going first on karaoke night, which was like no brainer. Um, so yeah, uh, the Espanol is uh, not where it needs to be, but uh, some good practicar down in Sudamericano. Uh, and I, I look forward to going back. I, I would like to go back there. Um, so if you are wondering if you should go to Peru, I would say yes, we do love it. Uh, just don't check your bag on a bus without, or if you're going to like give your bag to somebody who actually works at the bus station. That's, that's the final takeaway here. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's all we got. Catch y'all next week.